Hello and welcome to What the Heck, a show that looks at mysteries and the unexplained. Every week we look at something unexplained, telling a story or describing it, and then look at the theory surrounding it. I'm your host Glenn, and I can't give you the answers to these unexplained things, because I don't know what they are. I'm just here to give you the information to decide for yourself. All research is done as academically as I can, and references are given at the end of the episode. This is the opening week of season three. We're looking at a big topic this time. These episodes are all unexplained phenomena. The opening week of season three, we're looking at demonic possession. We're currently looking at case studies of possession after looking at the history and theories of possession and exorcism earlier this week. These episodes come with a warning. I will be looking at some pretty gruesome stuff and mistreatment of people that may have been ill. If that's not something you want, skip these episodes. Today, we're looking at Roland Doe. Here we go. This is the big one. The story of Roland Doe is known by many more people than who realise it. If you've ever seen or read The Exorcist, you somewhat know the story of Roland Doe. The novel and subsequent film were based on this story of possession. The story of Roland Doe starts in the 1940s. At 13, he was mourning the death of his aunt, who had taught him about spiritualism. The rest of Roland's family said that shortly after his aunt's death is really where the strange events surrounding him began. In January 1949, the family started reporting strange dripping and scratching noises coming from inside their house. To begin with, Roland's mother believed that these noises were related to the deceased aunt. The family began to try and reach out to the spirits that they believed were inhabiting the building. By doing so, they hoped they could reason with them and ask them to stop. But this action only made things worse. Roland began to claim that he could hear someone walking around in his room while he was trying to sleep. Eventually, scratches were found on his mattress and even his body. The family was at a loss about it. They tried to calm the entity in the house and it hadn't worked. They had to look elsewhere. They decided to speak to their local minister, who decided that the best way forward would be to observe Roland overnight. So that's what he did. After the observation, the minister suggested religion as a form of aid. The family converted to Catholicism so they could have Roland baptised as a form of protection. Roland had a negative reaction to this though, exploding in rage. He was even admitted to a hospital where psychiatrists attempted to cure his rage-filled outbursts but were unsuccessful. Roland's family decided to move him out of the house so that the entity would leave him alone, but this also proved unsuccessful. The local Catholic priest asked to perform an exorcism and was granted permission. He strapped Roland to his bed and began. He didn't get far though, because Roland managed to break one of his mattress springs and slashed the priest across the shoulders. The strange events surrounding him continued. A few days after the failed exorcism, scratches appeared on Roland's skin again. 
This time, the scratches spelled out the word Louis. The family believed that they needed to go to St. Louis to find a way to help their son. A relative was attending the University of St. Louis at the time. She put the family in touch with Father Walter Halloran and Reverend William Beldern. The father and the reverend consulted with the president of the university, who agreed to let them perform another exorcism of Roland with the help of some assistants. Everyone congregated at the house where Roland and his family were staying in March 1949. They saw the scratches on Roland's body and placed a cross under his pillow while he slept. When they went to see him after he'd woken up, they found that the furniture in his room had been thrown around, the cross had been moved to the edge of the bed and the mattress was shaking violently. In their observations of Roland, they noticed a pattern in his behaviour. He seemed to be fine during the day, with his behaviour calm and regular. However, at night, his disposition changed after going to bed. He would have wild outbursts and scream during the night. He would also enter trance-like states and make guttural sounds. The priests said that they even saw objects flying through the air in Roland's presence and alleged that he reacted violently in the presence of any sacred objects presented by them. The observation and religious intervention of the priests lasted for weeks. During this time, Reverend Bowden reported that he had seen several things physically affect Roland. Scratches continued to appear on his body, but at one point a pitchfork-shaped pattern of red lines appeared on his thigh and moved down towards his ankle. The priests regularly reported scratches in the shape of an X appearing on his body which led them to believe that 10 demons were possessing Roland. They didn't give up, continuing to attempt to rid him of the demons every night. On March 20th, the situation escalated. During the priest's intervention, Roland urinated all over his bed and began to shout and curse at the priests. His parents had had enough. They thought they needed to do something more serious in terms of Roland's treatment. They took him from the house and went to the Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis. He stayed there for an extended period. On April 18th, the Monday after Easter, Roland suffered a seizure. Priests were still in attendance and Roland yelled at them. He told the priests that Satan would always be with him. The priests responded by laying holy relics, medals, rosaries and crucifixes on Roland. At 10.45pm, the priests called upon St. Michael to expel Satan from Roland. Seven minutes later, he became lucid. He told the priests that Satan was gone and how he had seen St. Michael vanquish Satan on a battlefield. According to Baldern and Halloran, all the strange behaviour and events ended after their final exorcism. Nobody would have known about Roland had it not been for a Washington Post article released in August 1949 that reported the exorcism. Not many details were shared and the article didn't even name the boy. The story then disappeared for more than two decades before William Peter Blatty wrote The Exorcist. To do so, he used the unofficial diaries of Halloran and Bowdern. 
The film released in 1973, but took liberties with some of the source material. This involved turning Roland, a teenage boy, into the 12-year-old Reagan. The location differs slightly as well. The unnatural events surrounding Reagan's possession mimicked what happened to Roland, but the head-turning that happens to Reagan never happened to him. Neither did the green vomit, ceiling crawl, nor the crucifix masturbation. These profane and disturbing scenes were created on purpose. The idea was to make things seem so disturbing to the viewer that they forgot that it was a work of fiction. Following his exorcism, Roland and his family moved back to the East Coast. His name was discovered to be a pseudonym, with differing reports referring to him as both Roland Doe and Robbie Mannheim. Nobody knew who he was. Reverend Bowdern continued to serve the Catholic Church, dying in 1983. Father Halloran lived until 2005, dying of cancer. He was the last surviving member of the team that had performed Roland's exorcism. The room in the Alexian Brothers Hospital was boarded up and sealed off following the exorcism, and the entire building was demolished in 1978. In 1993, author Thomas B. Allen wrote a book about the exorcism called Possessed. Allen used Halloran's detailed accounts to write the book and claimed to have discovered Roland's true identity. However, he is reported to have said that he will never reveal it. So who was Roland Doe? There is an answer to that question. Possibly. Some believe his real name was Ronald Hunkeler, who was a former NASA engineer that had helped with the 1969 moon landing. His wife is said to have confessed that Ronald was worried that his links to the story of the exorcist would be discovered. However, Ronald died in May 2020 after suffering a stroke. Shortly before his death, a Catholic priest came to his house unexpectedly to perform the last rites, according to his wife. She says that she had no idea how he knew to come, but he did. Nobody will ever know if Ronald Hunkeler was truly Roland Stowe, though. Today's episode showed us that not all exorcisms end with death, a complete contrast to the episodes from the last couple of days. There's a huge difference in who attended the exorcisms as well. We saw today that, performed correctly, an exorcism can achieve the results that we expect from an exorcism. Not only that, but it's one of the most famous cases of demonic possession and it's clear from the very beginning that it's a vastly different case from the previous ones. Roland Doe's case differs from the others we've seen so far in that the priests involved in the ritual took the time to observe Roland's behaviour before deciding that he was possessed. His family also exhausted all other avenues of treatment before focusing on an exorcism. All the steps taken here helped Roland eventually, 
especially removing him from the house and taking him to a hospital where his health could be monitored by professionals. Nobody died, although one priest was harmed and Roland continually found himself covered in scratches. But his parents stepped in at the very beginning, searching for a way to help their son. We do see the same conversion as we did in previous stories, but nobody throws themselves into the religion with everything they had. There was a suggestion and the family took it, converting to test something. Eventually, Roland was able to go on and live a full life. This was likely due to his parents' intervention and insistence on his safety throughout the whole ordeal. But I think this is a rare case of success. Out of the three cases we've covered, only one has ended in success. We still have four cases to look at. The information from this episode came from a novel suspects article about Roland Doe, an all of that's interesting article about Roland Doe, an article from the Scotsman about Roland Doe, and an article from the Guardian about Roland Doe's identity. References and links are posted on social media if you want to take a look. The link tree is available in the episode description, so you can go to your preferred social media or listen on your preferred platform. Patreon is still unchanged, with a £3 tier if you want to support me, but I have nothing to put on there yet. Suggestions, personal stories and corrections can be sent through the email in the episode description too. The next episode releases tomorrow, and Creature Features will return next week. So hold on until then. <laughs>